Yo, 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 it's your boy Matt St. Jack with Anime Talk, back for yet another awesome show. There are some shows that everyone has seen and some shows that people haven't. I'm just trying to do my best to bridge the gap, a little column A and a little column B. If this is your first time listening, just so you know, this is my list, nobody else's, just kind of some things that I've watched, um, and it's based off of that. So, now that the foundations have been set, let's get to it. Yo, 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 what is going on? It's your boy Matt St. Jack back at it again. No white fans, just a black Adidas Florida Gators hoodie. And um, if I'm speaking a little slurry tonight, I've had a little bit to drink. My basketball team won. We're 4-0. Beat a really good team tonight. So we went out to celebrate. So bear with me. I think I took a little page out of the Taboos podcast, which if you guys haven't checked out the ladies, please make sure that you go listen to Taboos podcast. Um, Really dope content over there with uh my girl Allie and Celeste um but I digress back at it again of course with another awesome episode of anime talk um no guest today but today um is kind of a cool day right so for those of you who don't know I guess I think that it would kind of be um like assumed but for those of you who don't know um, I am an African-American male uh, a black male so um, with Black History Month starting by the time that this episode drops I thought that it would be very fitting and it would be you know very disrespectful to not um, well I I think it'd be very fitting to talk about it and very disrespectful not to address Black History uh, Month as it gets ready to kick off Um, So today for the show, I decided to go through just some iconic uh, African-American or black characters in anime. So I thought that that'd be really dope. Um, So um, with everything that's kind of going on in the world and things like that, um, I'm not going to make this very political by any means necessary. But I thought it'd be kind of cool to kind of tie in some black characters um, from anime. So that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. But as always, before I get into that, I want to thank you each and every one of you for listening, for listening and sharing the show. Without you guys, as always, this would not be nearly as fun and or rewarding. Um, if you're not already following me on social media, you can find me on Twitter. Twitter and Instagram at anime talk 12. So that's anime talk one, two. Um, you can find any updates or any news in regards to any giveaways or upcoming episodes. So as of right now, I don't have any new updates, no more giveaways at the moment. Um, and the update or the new show that's coming out is right now. Um, I'm looking forward to, again, if you guys have listened to some of my older episodes, you know that, um, this year I'm definitely running with a lot more collaborations. So I'm really looking forward to more collaborations. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure that you guys are following me on those social media handles. So that way um, you guys can kind of figure out and see what, what we have kind of in the pipe works here. Um, so let me know as always, if you guys follow me, if you like or dislike an episode, I love interacting with you all, the fans. I've had a couple of people kind of reach out and that makes me feel very good and very emotional. Um, cause you guys reach out and let me know what you're thinking. Um, and I guess 
I guess an update, even though I just kind of pushed past it, an update um, is within the next couple of weeks, I'll probably be reaching out and actually doing, um, asking for some suggestions for some shows to review. So probably um, two shows to kind of review. So just be on the lookout again, follow me on those social media handles so you guys know what I'm asking for and when I'm asking for it. So that way you guys can kind of um, interact with me and give me some, some content and my thoughts on something that you guys may have watched it uh may have watched so as always we try to preface uh, or i try to preface rather i say we like not in a way that we as in like multiple people because if you guys listen to me if this is your first time listening then you know that i'm solo dolo um in the words of king king kid cuddy um but if this isn't your first time listening you already know i'm always by myself for the most part unless i do a collaboration so when i say we it's just a loose term but um as always there may be some spoilers ahead so i'm um, just to let you guys know you have been warned some of these shows um I would say a lot of them, a lot of people have probably watched these shows, so there's maybe not as much spoiler, but uh, just be aware that there may be some spoiler in here. Okay, okay, so kicking off Black History Month um, with some of the iconic or some of the, um, some just some in general black characters in anime. This is in no, I wrote this list out and it's in no particular order. I'm not saying that one is better than another or anything like that. I'm just kind of going through some different characters that I've kind of bounced some ideas off of. Um, Shout out to the people who kind of gave me some feedback on that. So one of the first ones that I wanted to address was actually Afro Samurai. Um, the rating was 7.36. Five episodes, I believe, in the TV show. There was a couple of movies, which I think I have Afro Samurai Resurrection upstairs on Blu-ray. Um, so it was a really dope, um, really dope movie. But um, it aired May 3rd, 2007 to May 4th, um, 2007. So I guess it was a fairly short series. Um, it was just more so like movie slash episodes. Um, basically, the synopsis for this show was when he was young, Afro witnessed his father be cut down in a duel at the hands of a man known as Justice. After taking the life of Afro's father, Justice cast aside his number two headband and took the number one to claim its godly powers as his own. Years later, having attained the number two headband, which grants him the right to challenge the number one, Afro moves forward in his hunt for revenge on the man who murdered his father. There is just one thing that stands in his way, everyone else in the world. Though the number one can only be challenged by the number two, the number two can be challenged by anyone. As his enemies gather to try and take the title of number two, Afro must fight through a a myriad of foes and obstacles if he hopes to uh, reach the number one and claim vengeance once and for all. I think it was myriad, myriad. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure that that word. I'm saying it right. Um, but anyway, so I did this a little bit different. So the age I did, I broke down age, occupation, and skills, um, as well as kind of some background information or some like interesting facts about the character. And for this specific episode, for this one, I don't have necessarily an age. It sh- it says when he was born, but obviously that doesn't help us in relations to now. Um, the occupation was a samurai, and the skills he was highly. A he was a highly skilled swordsman speed and agility um were all very highly um skilled in those aspects 
so I really loved Afro Samurai. Um, it was a really, really dope movie slash show movies slash so and i think that it was really cool because there was so much gore involved in this for those of you who don't know again if this is your first time listening you know that i do like gory um animes um to a certain extent but there was so much like action um and the voice actor was uh, the voice actor for the guy who was with him i can't remember the guy's name um but the voice actor for the guy who was with him, it was kind of like a figment of his imagination slash like kind of something inside of his head was actually Samuel L. Jackson. So I thought that was really dope that they kind of had him in there. Um, and I think that it was really cool because this whole show was was completely centered around Afro and his vengeance, his quest for vengeance against justice. So I thought that that was really dope. Um, I thought that the way that they drew it, the animation was amazing. The music was amazing. Um, there wasn't much character development. You kind of knew what Afro was there for. Like there wasn't a need for him to, you know, just, you know, turn, change or turn over a new leaf or anything like that. There was no need for this. He wasn't really a, a regular, like good guy. Um, he was just like, yo, there's only one thing I want to do and that's kill justice for what he did to my dad. And, and I want to go ahead and allude to that real quick or like just circle back to that. This man and the way that it happens is he is a like Afro is a little kid, like a little snot nosed kid kind of walking around and he sees his dad, he sees his dad completely just get beheaded right in front of him, gets the, the number one headband taken up off his head. And justice is basically like, yo, come challenge me when you get the number two headband and points a gun at this kid. The kid picks up Afro picks up his dad's sword and tries to like, he was like, you know, I'm, I'm gonna fight you right now. But he understood the code of understanding that he couldn't challenge him until he got the number two. He fights for years to get the number two headband. He's constantly haunted and pursued by people who want the headband from him because again, uh, nobody can really challenge only the number two can challenge number one. But everybody in the world can challenge the number two. Um, so it's just a that whole thing of constantly, you know, no rest for the weary. Um, so it was a really, really dope show, I thought, to kind of start off the list. Again, this is in no particular order. Just some shows that I kind of enjoyed and some of the black characters in it. Uh, the next one on my list was actually kind of a two-part. So... You guys already know, again, if you've listened to the show before, um, you already know my affinity with this show. If you're a first-time listener, then you are about to get to understand. One of my favorite shows um, is actually Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop came in at 8.78. Uh, 26 episodes aired April 3rd, 1998 to April 24th, 1999. The two characters that I chose, because there were two that were really dope for this show and very iconic in their own right, um, was Jet Black. Um, and Ed Wong. So Jet is 36 years old. His alias was the Black Dog. Um, his occupation, he was a he was a former police officer with the ISSP, and then he became a bounty hunter. Some of his skills, he's a skilled pilot and a marksman, and he's very uh, smart and very and filled with a lot of wisdom. Um, so random facts about him: he's the oldest member of the Bebop, which for those of the people out there that kind of assume that the bebop is spike ship spike ship is actually called the swordfish so the bebop is the big ship that they all kind of fly on um they all have different names i always forget um i always forget uh phase but i know that his that 
Jet's ship is the hammerhead. Spikes is the, um, is the, I just said the swordfish. So I can't remember what hers is for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, he's the oldest member on the Bebop at 36. He's the pilot of the hammerhead. I just said that. Nicknamed Black Dog just said that. His left arm is robotic. Um, he ended up losing his arm. He had scars all over his body. He was bald, taller, guy, taller, muscular guy. Um, it said that, like, something happened, I guess, when he was in the police, when he was in the police, and that's why he lost his arm and got that scar. So that's why he has that. Um, he comes across as very hard and tough but is really soft and compassionate to his fellow crew members uh, and crewmates and considers them as friends especially spike like he puts up with if you've watched the show um, i didn't write out a synopsis for this because i thought that a synopsis would kind of be overkill because you guys have heard me talk about this show so many times but um, if you've watched the show, then you know that like Spike does a lot of crazy stuff. Faye does a lot of crazy stuff. Ed and Ian are always on his nerves. Um, and this dude is just kind of sitting out there all the time, just kind of putting up with that. So he comes across as hard, but he's really soft and compassionate to everybody on the on the team um, and considers them all friends. And he used to, again, work with the ISSP, but he loves jazz and has a bonsai tree that he uses for meditation. He's also like the, the chef for the uh, for the bebop. So it's kind of cool. Um, I think they did. What was it? It was beef and like peppers or something like that it was some meal that he would always make and then spike would always be like so where's the beef and he's like no beef no beef just peppers um he would just stir fry peppers but he's kind of like the father figure he doesn't necessarily like being considered like that um he doesn't like being considered the father figure but at the same time he plays that role very well so that was one of the characters there. The second character again was Ed um, Edward Wong. So he's thirteen. Oh, I'm sorry, she's thirteen. Um, so the weird thing about Ed, and I'm one of those people that when I first watched it, I thought the same thing. Like I could have swore up and down um, that she was a guy, especially with the name Edward. Um, and I was like, you know, that's that's weird like that they would do it that way um but it's really cool how they kind of built this character up so um 13 years old alias was ed aka um the radical edward occupation was a hacker or is a hacker skills high intelligence and expert hacker um random facts about edward um, always wears loose t-shirt, biker shorts, and barefoot. Um, at one point, she tried to put on some socks in one of the episodes, and she lost her balance. And basically admitted that she would never wear shoes ever again because she couldn't walk in them, um, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Um, and she usually has her goggles on that help her deep dive. So when she plugs in and she's getting ready to hack anything, she has these special goggles that she walks around with on her head. Um, she was actually born on Earth. So Jet was kind of, if you don't know, a brief, brief background, the show was obviously based in space. So um, whereas Jet was born like on a space colony, I think he was born on Gedamine, but um, where he was born on a space colony, Ed was actually born on Earth and uh, was actually left there by her scatterbrained dad. So her dad didn't even realize that he left her there um, on Earth, like at a, at, I think he left her and she ended up 
finding her way to an orphanage and actually staying at the orphanage for a couple of years. Um, and when her dad was coming back to come find her, she had already left and ended up going to another planet by herself and kind of, or not another planet, but she ended up basically alone, being by herself, being a loner until she ended up joining the Bebop. So um, that was always pretty cool, or that was pretty cool that how they did that, where she was able to kind of exist by herself for a while. Um, they did kind of meet up and the dad realized that he didn't even know what happened with her so that was kind of funny um because he was like i thought you were with me the whole time um she likes souvenirs pinwheels and she loves ein which ein is the dog for the show he's a pembroke course uh corgi which i love corgis because of ein and because i've had a corgi myself um and i have the little plush upstairs so that was um, i love i love me some ein um it said that she made up the name edward wong howell people Travosky the fourth um i know i butchered that name but she only made up that name because she thought it was cool so um i thought that was a kind of an interesting fact about her as well she's always like running around with like her hands behind her back and just kind of like a very adhd like i mean she's 13 so she's kind of an adolescent so um slash teenager so she just fits the mode um they didn't make her like grown up or anything like that she walks around and is just kind of loafing around all the time she doesn't want to do a whole bunch it's really cool that they gave her that kind of personality in a show like this where she's surrounded by bounty hunters so thought that was pretty cool um so moving on to the next show the next show that i chose was bleach uh, ranking 7.8 um 366 episodes october 5th 2004 to march 27 2012 is how long it ran um the two characters that i chose from this show one of them, everybody is already going to know. So one of them was Yuruichi Shion. The other one is Kaname Tosin. So uh, kind of, uh, Tosin, I couldn't find an age for him in this one. Uh, the alias, he didn't really have one, I, I, was, I, I would say. Um, but some of the... Uh, the occupation, he used to be a former captain of the Ninth um, Court Guard. If you watch the show or if you read the anime again, there may be some, there are going to be some spoilers here. He actually ends up leaving the, uh, the Serate and the Court Guard and going over to fight with uh, Lord Aizen over for the Arankar team a little bit later on in the show. Um, so his skills, he's a master swordsman. He has the fast step slash lightning step. He's got Keto, so he's got the, the incantations that he can use and he has a zompok toe that he can use shizumi sh sh oh my gosh shizumushi sujimushi i guess yeah nope i'm definitely butchering it you know me that's just what i'm gonna do i'm gonna push through it i'm doing it the american way just bursting down walls um but um Fun facts, he was actually born blind. He has purple eyes, like purple colored eyes. Um, and he has like shoulder length dreads. Tosin's creed in life is to take the path with the least bloodshed. Um, while he was the captain of the ninth, the squad like the squad was responsible for the communication of the Serate, which the Serate, again, a pre backstory, the Serate is where the court guards live and where they operate. This is kind of like a heaven type situation. So his squad was in, in touch or in, uh, like the point of contact for any kind of communications. Um, and he used to pr publish a article, um, 
that was like it's called the path of justice that wasn't very popular um until he started adding his own favorite cooking recipes inside of it so i thought that was pretty funny i didn't even know that about the show um i kind of looked this up and just kind of looked through it but i thought that was pretty cool i guess after after he put his recipes in there he really got popular with some of the female um soul reapers that were in the show so that was pretty cool um tosin dedicated his life to following the path with the least bloodshed when a woman special to him died she herself followed this path and tozen idolized her for it um his zanpakuto's ability which again another backstory in this show cap usually vice captains and above i think that there's a couple of exceptions but for the most part vice captains and above um can all use what they call like a bankai or a release form for their sword so one of the abilities for this sword that he has is called cry and essentially what cry does is it projects a high-pitched tone over a wide area overloading the hearing of anyone in range and knocking them unconscious um so the next step beyond his just regular cries when he takes it into bankai um the bankai is obviously the release form at this point um i couldn't remember i i wrote it down how to say it i'm not even going to try to butcher it this time but essentially what it stands for is the bell bug closing ceremony field cricket is what it translates to from vizio or from vizio from uh viz from viz so the uh, essentially what this does is it's a dome that creates a vacuum that nullifies the senses of spiritual energy sight sound and scent um the only one that you can that you can really feel that you can use is touch um and let's see yeah they retain uh, the only sense that they retain is that of touch um and essentially it looks like a big old like dark cocoon from the outside once he traps you into it you can't see and essentially he can so this kind of gives him an advantage where he's normally blind he can sense your spiritual pressure sense where you are and actually attack so it kind of gives him the upper leg um which is pretty cool because i mean for someone who's blind um it's dope that they gave him an ability to be able to see um and when he later on in the show he does uh, end up obtaining a hollow form that is covered in black fur it's like a big fur bug looking thing he looks like a big cricket or like a big beetle um he has four arms and two spiraling horns that come out of the top he ends up um just getting this form just because again he he consumed kind of a hollow a hollow so at this point he's able to unlock the hollow which uh for context this is more like your demons slash devils that kind of uh take over bodies or eat old or eat souls and things like that when they become corrupt um and things like that so he's able to uh he's able to turn into this form later on in the show um the next character again like i said yorichi shion again i don't have an age for her the alias that she had was the flash goddess um the occupation she was the former captain of the second squad um which was the assassin assassin squad um her skills she's a master martial artist she has the flash step um she's a master of that and she's a keto expert um random facts about her she can transform into a cat which that's pretty much the first thing that anybody kind of realizes with her she's just a she's a black cat which is really cool because at the very beginning of the show you kind of see her and it's weird because um 
you're kind of like, well, what is this cat really doing here? And why is this cat so involved in everything? But it's really cool to find out that it was her. Um, she can use Flash Step as well. Which flash step essentially is like, I wouldn't say it's like instant teleportation because they're still running, but they're just really fast. I think like Naruto, Minato, well, not even Minato. Um, just think kind of like the flash moving. Yeah, just think about it like that. Like just moving really, really fast to where she can get behind people or kind of run around um, very quickly. Um, she loves teasing Ichigo, which a lot of people ship the two of them. Um, a lot of people ship Ichigo, the main character, and Yuruichi. I think that it. I think it would be it would be kind of dope. I don't know how old she is, but it'd be kind of dope. Um, but I think at the same time, he has a really good connection with Odahime, so I wouldn't want that to break up. But um, a lot of people ship the two together. Um, but she's skilled at hand-to-hand combat. She's a master strategist, a master assassin. Again, she was the captain for the assassin squad, so it makes sense. Um, we assume because we never really see her with her Zanpakuto. So a Zanpakuto, again, is another name for their sword in this show. Um, we never really see her with a Zanpakuto on her. But we assume, it's been assumed that when she does wear it, um, she actually wears it on the on the lower half of her back, kind of like um, the captain who took over for her soy phone. So um, we've never really seen her wear it, but it's assumed that when she does use her sword and when she does wear her sword, she wears it on, a, on her lower back to be able to kind of pull it off. Um, so that's kind of just some of those characters right there that I want to kind of talk about. Um, they're all dope characters, obviously, in their own right. Um, obviously, you know, with Jet being from Cowboy Bebop, really love that. Ed, Afro Samurai, um, Yoichi at this point, and, of course, um, Tosin, which I really like Tosin. I like the fact that he said that he was looking for justice. Um, I thought it was just very ironic that, you know, he was blind and looking for justice, so he was kind of looking for a justice that he thought, and that ultimately kind of was his... I wouldn't say wrongdoing or his his uh, his issue, but um, he definitely makes some decisions in the show without spoiling too much that were affected based on the fact that he couldn't see and he went off of what he perceived as justice. So, um, but I digress. But anyway, so that's kind of the start to this one. I got some more that I'm going to kind of talk about. As always, you know how we do. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And then once we get back from the commercial break um, slash sponsor break, then we'll jump right back into the rest of the list. Be right back. Today's episode is also brought to you by Kind Bar. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients. A disruptive notion that sparked the creation of a new healthy snacking category. Kind is unapologetic in their efforts to challenge the status quo, to shift the food industry and empower their community and our listeners to make better, informed choices about health. Kindness can be a transformative force for good, and that is why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% or 15% off for military, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Go to podgo.co slash kind. That's podgo.co slash kind. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act one snack at a time. 
All right, and we're back. Thanks, guys, for sticking around. Picking right back up where we left off. Um, so the next show, I have one for this show, and this is actually One Piece. One Piece is an 8.51, um, 960 episodes as of now. Still airing, but started back in October 20th, 1999. Um, the character that I chose from this one was Kaz- uh, uh, Kuzin. Kaizen? Kaizen. I think it's Kaizen. Kuzen? Kaizen? Kuzane? Kuzane? I don't know. Anyway, he knows his name. Um, at the first time that we're introduced to him, he's 47. After the time skip, he's 49. Um, he used to go by Okaji? Oguji? Yes. Yep. It means blue pheasant. I know that much. I'm telling you. I butcher the names, but I know kind of what they mean sometimes. Um, but it used to be literally translates into blue pheasant. Occupation. He was a former general for the Marines. He was a former vice admiral, again, for the Marines. And at this point, he's currently a pirate on Blackbeard. Marshall D. Teach. I hate Marshall D. Teach. Oh, my gosh. Do I hate him so much? Um, he's a He's currently a pirate on his ship. Um, his skills, he has the ice, ice fruit. So essentially he can pretty much turn, uh, anything into ice. Um, and he can control the elements, um, that way. So that's a really dope ability. I feel like, um, random facts about him. He's very lazy. Um, so very lazy. Anytime you see him, I think the first time that he ran into Luffy and the crew, he was literally laying on the ground talking to them like he wasn't standing up, wasn't worried or anything like that. And I think when we first saw him, like he was literally riding a bike across the water. Um, he just just kind of does his own thing. Um, very lazy, but he's also compassionate. And he's even let, he even let Nico Robin, which for those of you who don't watch the show, Robin is on his is on Luffy's uh, crew. She's the archaeologist. So he actually let her go because she was looking for um, these tablets. I can't remember what they're called at the top of my head. Um, but she was looking for these uh, tablets, these sacred documents and things like that. They were supposed to tell about the history of the world before the world government. And they also kind of give uh, tips as they're on their way to the search for One Piece, the the, uh, the actual big treasure that Gold D. Roger, not Gold Roger, Gold D. Gold D. Roger um, actually buried when he died. Um He's also let a, a couple of other criminals go. Um, he left the Marines because he realized that the world government was corrupt. I mean, surprise, surprise there. Um, his favorite saying is, oh, my. So he always says, like, oh, my, when he's surprised by something or even when he's not surprised. It's just kind of like a very stone face. Oh, my. That he says um, his devil fruit is a logia type, meaning that essentially the it changes his body. So if with this show context, if you have a Logia style, like let's say that you had like the flare flare fruit, which is um, one of Ace's uh, abilities or one of his, the fruit that he had rest in peace to Ace. Um, essentially he can change his body into fire. So for this one, he can change his body into ice or he can kind of like dissipate and things like that. So you can't really hit him. It's kind of difficult to beat him up. Um, but this lets him create control and transform his body into ice. Um, he can create constructs out of said element and boasts um, immense freezing capabilities so even when even like if he's in this form he has the ability to ex- he can use it like at one point he used it for 10 days that permanently warped the climate so 
he ended up fighting and ended up changing the climate on a on a whole island because his his ability is that strong um so now it's an it's a frozen unhabitable wasteland uh, which currently rages with uh, blizzards so he can also use hockey which hockey is kind of like um an additional ability in the show where essentially you can harden your body you can knock people unconscious if you know the roar or the yell um different things that you can kind of do you can use it to you can use this armor you can use it for an addition to your attacking um, but he understands that ability as well um he first joined the marines when he was 19 and he's very fast and strong so he can um, move very fast and he's got good physical strength coupled with the fact that he can uh, use and turn his body into ice so really dope character that i i liked i haven't you haven't really seen him a lot lately ever since he joined teaches group you haven't really seen him a lot but i'm really curious to see um kind of what he's up to and continue to um kind of get into him because i really liked him as a character so the next character oh my goodness dude i was so happy that i added him on here and i don't care what anybody says this dude is black i don't care what nobody says this character coming from the show dragon ball dragon ball z you already know who it's going to be um which dragon ball had an 801 um dragon ball z had an eight points 8.16 um 153 episode 153 episodes to dragon ball 291 episodes for dragon ball z aired february 26 1986 to april 12 1989 for dragon ball and then april 26 1989 to january 31st 1996 dragon ball z this character is none other than Piccolo. Man, I don't care what anybody says. People could say Mr. Popo is a black character in here. I don't care. I give two of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, Piccolo is definitely the black character on this one. Mr. Popo is just a very dark creature with big lips, which I'm assuming that that's how we were perceived at the time. I'm not sure. Um, but, um, yeah, Piccolo. So, Piccolo is, uh, he was aged 753 when we first saw him now piccolo did die a couple of times again i told you there were going to be some spoilers he died a couple of times it was very ironic to figure out the fact that he died four times so he died at 762 he died at 774 he died at 779 and he died at the age of 789 again um now currently in super he's still alive and if we are to believe that the storyline is candid then we would know that he hasn't died again since but uh yeah so 789 so we at least know that he's at least i would assume 800 years old at this point um if not more so the aliases that he has is the king king piccolo he's got junior He's got Mr. Piccolo, he's got Ma Jr., Demon Jr., Green Man, which he was nicknamed by Radix, which I feel like is kind of like a derogatory term. Um, he's got Little Green Bug. Now, I know for a fact that that is definitely a derogatory term, and that was he was actually called that by Brawly. Um, so, yeah, I feel like yeah i feel like that's that was very derogatory <laughs> but uh the occupation he's a martial artist um he's also part-time babysitter and you'll understand why if you haven't watched the show here in a little bit and he was temporarily deputized for the gallic uh the galactic patroller 
skills. He's got the special beam cannon, one of my favorite moves in the whole series. He can fly. He's got the key. He's got, uh, which is like the energy they use for key blast and energy just in general. Um, he's got regeneration because he's Namekian. He's got the eternal youth, so he looks very young. He's got healing, which goes along well with regeneration and uh, eternal youth. He's got the explosive demon wave. He's got the Masinko, which he talked to Gohan, which is hands down one of my favorite moves. That's that's up there with the special beam cannon just to see Gohan hit a Masinko perfectly. Mm. Um, and then he's got the Hell Zone grenades and a couple of other more moves um, that he's got there some random facts about piccolo so piccolo is actually the most powerful namekian in universe seven and six um with the grand elder guru um remarking him or rather his original self the nameless namekian to be a prodigy amongst prodigies and even strong enough to stand up to super saiyan so um for those of you who haven't watched uh dragon ball super then you would then um, you guys kind of may not understand about the whole universe six and universe seven thing, which um, that is kind of explained there. I don't want to go too much in, in depth about that, but essentially it just it's just different universes. Um, and the the uh, the grand elder guru is like a, a residing force over one of the universes, and he's basically saying that he's very strong um, in that sense. So, really, really dope, and he can he can stand up to Super Saiyans, which I'm hoping that if you're listening to this podcast, you at least know what a Super Saiyan is from Dragon Ball. At least give me that. Um, so he came to be. So the the reason how Piccolo or the reason why Piccolo came to be was Piccolo ended up fighting. Well, not Piccolo. King Piccolo ended up fighting Goku. Goku hit him with like a penetrate attack that caused him to spit up an egg. Um, um, King Piccolo spit up an egg basically, and that egg turned out to be kind of like a reincarnation um, of. King Piccolo, and that's why he got the title of Junior, Piccolo Junior, or just Junior in general, um, because essentially now he was the reincarnation of King Piccolo, and now um, he was sworn, at the time he was sworn to vengeance to actually kill Goku for what he did, obviously, to his predecessor, King Piccolo, um, but obviously through fighting and just kind of talking through things, they ended up becoming friends, uh, and so so much so that it ties back into what we were talking about before with the occupation of babysitter dude okay i'm gonna take a short 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 little like little corner out of this episode dude shout out to piccolo because piccolo literally raised a kid that wasn't even his goku has been off and doing his whole thing this entire show he has went to train he has went to other universes he has went to fight with people he has died he has done so many things other than raising his child like if you ever like everybody always makes fun of that meme or that joke where it's like hey jamal where's your dad and he's like he went to go get some cigarettes and it's just like a black kid just sitting there kind of like sad and crying because his dad never came back like that is that is literally goku goku has not been there at all for gohan um i mean he's been there time and time you know time to time but for the most part piccolo literally went out of his way to raise this child like from 
damn near birth all the way up. Um, so shout out to Piccolo for being a real one. Everybody calls him a babysitter. I call him a great teacher. Um, really, really dope character. And you don't, I thought that that's, uh, I thought that that was really, that was really cool. And I think that I love the fact that they gave him kind of that role to show that he went from being this really, really evil guy to this really loving and compassionate character. So I think that um, I love Piccolo for that. So moving right along, as we get down to the last two, I only got two more. Um, We get down to the last two. The next show is Naruto. So Naruto, this would be Shippuden. Um, This is a 8.16, 500 episodes, uh, originally aired February 15th, 2007 to March 23rd, 2017. Um, the two characters that I chose, uh, there was three with, if you include, um, Darwi or Darwa or whatever his name is, but I decided to just specifically tailor this to the two brothers. So, uh, a, if you guys know a, which is from the, uh, the, he was eventually the, well, no, he wasn't eventually, he was the, um, the Rakage of the essentially, um, a president or like kind of like a king i guess you could say oh king slash president slash ruler of the um of the hidden cloud village and b which is his brother so going into it a was he's 47 years old um his alias is a he goes by a he's the guardian of the village of the hidden leaf um in this situation a is super strong um he ends up being one of those characters that essentially was actually groomed to take over as the rakage um at some point in the past due to a not having a blood sibling who could be his tag team partner tryouts consisting of young children were gathered in order to determine one in keeping with a long-standing tradition of the Raikage having a tag team partner. So every Raikage or every president, I guess you could say, um, for layman's terms, of this village had a tag team partner. So A was kind of, since he was the only sibling, he was the only uh, son, he ended up, they ended up having to have a tournament to find someone with him, to tag team partner with him. Um, A is generally characterized as stern, outspoken, and decisive. His views... Um, as Jin Cherokee, which in this show, Jin Cherokee are people um, who exist that have a tailed beast uh, that dwells inside of them. Um, they're pretty much like monsters at this point, uh, but they live inside someone and they kind of keep them in balance and keep them in check. Um, he doesn't necessarily view them as individuals, but as tools for the village that have no right to speak for themselves, which I mean, it's kind of it's kind of fucked up, but you know, it is what it is. Um, he ends up losing his right arm. Um, he is proclaimed, he is a self-proclaimed, um, fastest shinobi ever since Minato, which was, um, Naruto's dad ever since his death. A has enormous physical strength using only one, uh, one single hand. He can lift a massive two hand barbell smashing through walls um he ends up breaking one of the eight tails which the eight tail is one of the the tail beasts that i was kind of alluding to with the gen cherokee um who i'm actually going to kind of talk about in a moment because b actually has the eight tails but um even with just one hand a was able to break through one of the horns of the eight tails so that's not a that's not an easy feat for those of you who don't know 
Um, and he ended up breaking through Susano, which Susano is um, one of the abilities that the Uchiha have. So Sasuke um, actually had a Susano, and uh, he ended up breaking through it because he was that strong. So he is very strong. Um, one of my favorite moves that A actually uses is called the Liger Bomb. They use like this uh, the the lariat, which I think is pretty dope too. The lightning lariat. Um, which if you're thinking about like wrestling moves, it's more like a big clothesline, but the Liger bomb, again, thinking about wrestling is like this, like absolutely fantastically placed power bomb. So literally he hits you and then he like puts you up like a power bomb status, like stats, uh, he puts you basically up on his shoulders and then he like jumps up in the air with, um, like his lightning and everything like that, and then just crashes you down into the ground by while also electrocuting your body. Um, it's really dope. If you haven't checked it out, look it up. Liger Bomb uh, A, just the letter A. Look it up on YouTube um, because it's a really dope ability. So or a really dope move. So I would suggest checking that out. And the second part to this, like I, I've alluded to before, his name is, well, he goes by Killer B. Um, his letter is just B, but he goes by Killer B. He is 36 years old. Alias is just B. Again, he's he's also um, a guardian of the village of the Hidden Leaf. And he is a Jinchuriki. So again, he has the eight tail beasts inside of him. There are nine, well, there technically are 10 tail beasts. He's got the eighth one. Um, Naruto obviously has the nine one and so on and so forth um his skills he has a gen transformation where he can let the eight tails out and essentially transform into the eight tails and also like kind of live uh i guess fight kind of uh um what's the word i'm looking for like synchronized like with him so essentially the the tail beast is on the inside and when the tail beast comes out he goes on the inside and they kind of work together synchronized so really dope um he's got the tail beast bombs which is our big explosion or big bombs that the tail beast specifically can use um he's got water lightning and fire style um abilities which are really dope um random facts about him at a young age he was among he was along um, with several other children who were gathered by the third Rakage. So again, this was A's father. In order to select a tag team partner for his son, A. Um, out of all the children gathered, he was the only person able to successfully perform the lightning release double lariat with A. Um, which was a big feat. And again, I suggest that if, you, if you're curious about some of these moves that I'm talking about, make sure that you go look it up. So I would definitely check up double lariat. Um, with a and b um just a and the letter b um from then on they were brothers uh so again a never really had a brother of his own so when b kind of came along he took him up under his wing like a little brother um now one thing about b is b is a rapper so like in the show he does like this like it's a it's really horrible form rap but he does like this rap and then at the end he always like throws up his it's like a rock symbol and then just yells we like over and over again so i don't know but he's really dope though he's really funny he's always dancing always rapping really cool character um he likes to be called lord eight tails 
um, which nobody really calls him that. Like nobody respects him to call enough to call him that. But I mean, they'll call him like the Eight Tails, or they'll call him B. But nobody really calls him um, Lord Eight Tails. His name is a reference to the famed rap group, the Wu Tang Clan, often referred to as Killer Bees. So I thought that was really cool. Again, I didn't know that part about it, but apparently that was one of the big things about B, which uh, that's pretty cool. Um, Cause Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, you know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, and during a fierce battle with Taka, B quoted Muhammad Ali's famous line, "Float like a butterfly, sting like a bee," which I thought was pretty iconic. Um, Taka at the time, I believe that was Sasuke, Jugo, Kadin, and uh, I know the guy's name. It's not Sugetsu, maybe Sugetsu. No, it's not Sugetsu. I don't know. But I know that there was one other guy. He used the water style. He had a sword. Um, but uh, Sugetsu? Maybe Sugetsu. I don't know. But anyway, during that fight, it was really dope that he quoted that line from Muhammad Ali, float like a butterfly, sting like a bee, considering the fact that his name was B. Um, so, anyway, that's my list. Um, so that was a lot to kind of go through. And again, I know some of these, some of these things, I didn't really go into a whole bunch of detail, but some of it, like I said, I would suggest that you go into it and you kind of look it up and just kind of look into it. Um, some of these characters look into their developer, uh, look into their character development and just the design. I took these characters because they didn't look like generic black characters, I guess you could say, and I'm using air quotes. You can't see them, but um, they didn't look like traditional black characters. They all have their unique feel. They all have unique personalities. They all have unique abilities. So feel free to go back into them, look at them. To recap, we talked about um, Afro Samurai. We talked about Cowboy Bebop, uh, Jet Black, and Ed. We talked about um, Bleach with Tosin and Yoroichi. We talked about One Piece with Kuzin. Um, we talked about... Um, Piccolo from Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. We talked about A and B from Naruto. Um, so that's that kind of wraps it up again, man. It's a great start to a Black History Month that I, I'm hoping will be just as fantastic um, as some of these other ones, man, as, as things continue to change about, around the world. Um, and again, not to get too political or anything like that, but definitely um, shout out to um, my my black uh, brothers and sisters in anime. Not to say that anybody else is not you know worthy of a shout out or anything like that, but just shout out to everybody that's involved in the anime community and 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 accepting a culture that is not your own. Um, and shout out to um, just anyone that's listening to the show and things like that. Just shout out to everybody, man. Let's just spread some peace, love, and, and prosperity throughout the throughout the world because that's exactly what we need right now is love. Um, so, as always, thank you guys for sticking around and supporting the show. Again, if you need to find me, if you want to reach out to me, reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at Anime Talk 12. That's Anime Talk 1 2. Um, make sure that if you remember, um, Make sure that you remember, like, if you like the show and you like what you hear, make sure that you share it with other people and listeners. Um, so that way they can hear some of the awesome content as well. And as always, if you, um, as always, like I said, reach out to me. Let me know if you like the show, if you didn't like the show. Until next time, peace. <laughs> Oh, shit. Oh,
Thank you.